I read somewhere on the internet there's a tool for everything. Well, guess what? John and I got five of them. Hello, it's John Reynolds, owner of Serenity Digital. Chris Bauer, uh, director of content brand development for Serenity Digital, and this is our uh, podcast, the Serenity Digital Podcast, Peace of Mind Marketing Explained. And today, John and I are going to talk about tools, a lot of tools out there. We're going to talk about our five favorite tools that you can use to create your own content online that will be good SEO compliant, content rich content. <laughs> seven times in oh a row, God. dude, right? You were keyword need, stuffing on the content. I needed, <laughs> I needed tool number four. They're right there to clean up that sentence for me, but we'll get into it. So, you know, let's let's go into this. And here's the thing. all We pick these because there are paid services for, I think, a couple of them or three of them. But there are also free variants of them that you can use to great success. So, like, this is something that if you're like, hey, I've always wanted to write something, but I'm not a writer and I wish I had something to help me. Here are five things that will help you make magnificent content. And and the first one is something you use probably every day. John, tell them how they're going to use Google.com as the first tool for them to start making great content. Look, Google is a great tool, right? Like it is a great tool. You use it all the time just to kind of throw out some question that you have or dig in a little bit further on something that you have been meaning to look up or whatever. When you are looking at what do I need to write for my website, a lot of times the the whole idea is that you want to rank in Google for something that people are asking Google. And so if you type in a question, it, not only is Google going to give you the answer that it thinks that you're looking for, but then it also gives out other questions that people are asking that it also thinks is kind of where your headspace is at for whatever the question is, right? It's kind of doing it's doing two things, giving you the answer and then leading you down the path of you're probably asking this answer or to get the answer to this question because you want to go down this road. And so it opens up your content ability to really kind of see what people are searching for. And that's really what you want to do. You want to answer those questions. Sure. And, you know, somebody just told me before this podcast, we should have a specific example. And I think he was right. So model trains, <laughs> I don't know why we pick it. Let's say I want to write a blog article about model trains. Uh, let's say we were charged, you and I were charged with writing a blog article for a website that sold mm-hmm. model trains. What would you type into Google out of the gate? Well, and, and I think I want to take one step back and think about it like this, too, is if you are an owner of a model train store and you know a lot about model trains, you probably have a bunch of really crazy facts and ideas and figures and people asking you all the same questions. So you might be fractured in like, what do I really need to ask? So if you come up with an idea, let's say, when when did the first model train come out or the history of model trains and you type that into Google, all of a sudden Google's going to spit out, OK, the history of model trains started when so-and-so created the first one, but also some of the oldest model trains out there are this and this and this. And then you can start kind of really defining what it is that people are searching for when they want to know who started it, right? What's the rarest model train out there, right? It gives you those ideas to kind of fuel that fire to say, okay, this all kind of is connected. Yeah. And, you know, I think when you use Google, you can see if you're, if, let's say the model train competition is high in Denver or Omaha or wherever you are, you can see your competitor's website. Are they ranking for something? Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about SERPs really quick because those are those little yes. questions. Like when I type yeah. in like model train and, or what is the history of model trains, it will also give me little little questions 
that are mm-hmm. right below the search box, and those will come up SERPs. And how do yep. those help, John? SERP, S-E-R-P, stands for Search Engine Results Pages, and it's basically the the response that Google is giving you for the question that you are giving it, including the other questions that it's sort of supporting your question with. Like, did you mean to ask it this way? So in the model train example, history of model trains, Google might say, did you mean to, you know, did you mean who created the first one or, you know, what's the oldest train out there? It's going to kind of have these supporting questions and then it's going to pull directly from those websites. And if you own a SERP, if you as a business owner or a blogger have a SERP where you answer the question that somebody's asking Google, but then also answer other questions. And then you're in that little position. That's basically traffic to your site in the end, because people will click those and then click to read more about that question. Cause they're like, yes, that's actually what I meant to say. So you want that. All right. Big, big right there. And the first step is to go to Google. Like you do all the time and type something in second, uh, free tool in creating, you know, your, your content starter pack tool number two, also owned by a little company called Google. And that's a uh, search console, which mm-hmm. we've got a website and we have an episode two or three episodes back where we talk specifically about attaching this to your website, but how John can they use search console to help motivate and enable them to write great content. Search Console is the tool that Google is telling you not only is your user experience good on your website when you plug it in, but what you're ranking for, what keywords, what questions, all of that. So you can take that and you can use that data to your advantage. So say model train example is is the key here and you look look at it and you're not ranking for the history of model trains. And that's why you came up with that question. You could also look and see where you are kind of ranking pretty well and getting some impressions or clicks off of Google when people ask or put in a certain keyword. And then you can say, okay, let me tie the history of model trains into the smallest model train ever made. So then you can kind of start creating this dictionary of time or encyclopedia of model trains so that Google starts sharing it a little bit more frequently. You can use that information to your advantage. Well, it's a nice place because you can, like you said, you can already find what you're ranking for. So maybe that's something that's interesting you can double down on. Like maybe Mm -hmm. your model train thing, maybe you didn't know, but you had a entry something on your website that was about model train cabooses. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden search console is telling you you're getting traffic for cabooses Mm-hmm. Maybe it would be a great idea if you write flesh out a whole article about model train cabooses because that could be a good place for you to to, to go. So Google I, at, and I love that because that's also something that you can use to your advantage, right? We find it all the time because a lot of times you don't really know what Google's going to latch onto with your content or your website and say, oh, maybe this is a good idea for you to click on this site. So you could see a lot of people are seeing your website as an entry for this keyword, but not very many people are clicking on it. So your double down example is like, how do I craft information about this search term so that not only do I take this, you know, these impressions, but then I start getting more clicks because of it. Do I, do I need to write more in depth about, you know, the history of it? Like if you do rank for it or, you know, say small model train is the biggest search term that you have. Okay, well, if that's something that I want to continue to try and rank for, let me start really writing more about that content and own that little space. And the more little spaces that you own, the easier it is for you to get more traffic because then Google says, okay, their experience 
is their authoritativeness is in this area. We need to be sharing this more often when people are searching just generally model trains. I love it. And it's a good way to keep, stay on top of trends too. Like maybe there's a new trend and people were searching for it and you're getting mm-hmm. impressions and you hadn't thought about it before, but all of a sudden this size model train, this small model train here example is hot all of a sudden for some reason. Maybe that's yeah. a good way to start. Maybe a company has released a new one and that's, you know, it, it's a good place to start farming for opportunities. So the third, I only say controversial because everybody's all in a hizzy about this, but the third <laughs> free tool you can have in your content starter pack, uh, chat GPT. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And let me just say, I, and you can find a thousand podcasts, a thousand articles about there, about whether you should use this or not, but what it really does well, if we had the model train thing and I was like, man, I want to do a train, a small train blog post, but I'm kind of stuck. You can ask Chappie GBT, you know, what would five articles look like about small model trains? And it will kick out five ideas for you, mm-hmm. you know? And Absolutely. Even, even further, you could, if you were hitting a, a writer's block, you know, you could ask it. Like, can you write me a blog post about small model trains? I don't know if you want to use copy-paste it onto your blog. I mean, there's a lot of debate on the internet right now, and we won't rabbit hole on that. But if nothing else, it will give you a good kickstart, maybe give you a little inspiration about the direction you want to take your content. And I I even say, like, where AI tools are really, really helpful is, like you're saying, the ideation. But you can can try to craft and recraft the response from ChatGPT to not really get the answer that you want, but just give it a different viewpoint right because you as the specialist might be a little too close to something and so if you say type in what are people you know what are top five searches for small model trains all of a sudden it'll spit out questions that you can then say now that's interesting maybe if i redirect this question in this route and then i answer it because i know that this is going to be what people are asking because i'm the specialist here like that is a great way, like you said, to start generating ideas of what to focus on and what people might be asking when you're not thinking about it from your perspective, thinking about it from a different perspective. So I think that's a good way to use it. It's a great tool if you're staring at a blank piece of paper that's got a headline on it from experience. <laughs> like if you're like, I'm going to write about this and I have the headline and you're just staring at an empty word document. It's a great tool to kind of at least get the motor running a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, or, and this has a free and a paid version, I, I use this every day, and the tool is Grammarly. Because, you know, when you are, depending on your skills as a writer, or depending on your time, like you're trying to crank through something super quick, you know, uh, this not only does great spell checking, but does grammar checking and gives you suggestions. Like if you word a sentence, happens to me all the time with email, and I, it's train of thought, and it's like a 7,000-word sentence. Like, it will ping me and say, yo, you should write it like this. And most of the time, it's got really good suggestions for it. Now, there are there's a free tier, which I use, that catches stuff all the time and helps me rewrite stuff. There is a paid version that will really scrape down and do all the things. But I, I think it's a nice tool, not only giving you a pre-spell check as you're going along. You know, analytics is a very hard word for me. I've misspelled analytics so many different times in emails, <laughs> and it catches it every time. It's like, yo, you don't mean to spell it like that. But, with, you know, 
things like punctuation and things like simple grammar, it really helps with. And I think that's, you know, making it one step easier. You, the, the easier it is for you to create content, for you to put down the, 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 the greatest small model train article ever and not mm-hmm. have to worry on whether that's supposed to be a colon, a semicolon, or a comma. I mean, mm-hmm. the easier it's going to be for you. Absolutely. And, I mean, shoot, if it makes it easier to spit out better content, it's going to be a great tool for you. I um, I don't use Grammarly myself, but I probably should because I'm dyslexic and I always misspell words. <laughs> you should try it. It's free. And at first you're like, I, I almost took exception to it. I was like, get off me, man. I didn't mean to capitalize that. But yeah. I, more often than not, it, it seems to, it's like a little, it almost feels sometimes like a friend. At first it felt like a teacher over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you meant to spell analytics like that. Yeah. But now it's like somebody kind of just proofreading your stuff. And it's nice because you, you download it and it works like in your web browser. It works like in your – like whatever your writing tool is. And it mm-hmm. also works in like emails and stuff. So it's kind of – it's cool. You should check it out. And then our last one is something – I'm a recent convert. You're a huge advocate, and that's uh, Canva.com. Yes. Yeah. And, man, this, this one, if you want to take your content to that next level – Maybe you're doing something you want to do an infographic of like model train history through the years, or mm-hmm. you want to enhance, you want to make a thumbnail for when you post your blog article on social media, which you should be doing. Like Canva is an amazing tool that does a lot of things for you. Absolutely. And look, if you don't, if you're not a digital designer, right? Again, where these are all tools, ease of use to make your life easier in creating content. You don't have a digital designer in-house or you just don't feel comfortable being in Photoshop for 10 hours trying to learn it. But Canva makes it easy, and that's what we want. The DIY process to get you started, to get you excited about it, is to not be trudging through where do I put a semicolon or is this a run-on sentence or is this creative going to be okay to showcase the blog, right, to, to fit with sort of the theme of model trains and small model trains. It just, it makes it easy so that you have something that looks really good, right? And that's the start, like the starter package right there. Everything together really will help you create content a little bit quicker and make it a little bit more polished. Yeah, Canva's the king. You should yeah. try Canva because it's super fun. It's got some weird AI things in it. It'll create things. We do the podcast. Listen, I... I'm comfortable in Adobe in Photoshop, but we use Canva for the thumbnail for this podcast because it's mm-hmm. super, it's super fast and it's easy and I can do it and we knock it down. So you know, in 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 and we'll put this in the comments, but or into the description of the podcast. Start with Google, then Google search. Use ChatGPT to give you a little nudge in the right direction. Grammarly to make sure you're writing it correctly. And then Canva to make a pretty little graphic for it or make a nice little header image or make a nice little thumbnail. And with those five free tools, I mean, if somebody went and did a blog post and used all five of those tools, how great would their blog post be? Better than probably 90% of other people, right? Absolutely. It would give them a head start in not only where to focus their content what to kind of add into it so that they rank a little bit better so it's a powerful blog for them, that it looks nice and professional, that it sounds and reads professional. And hopefully if you you know get to know these tools a little bit, it doesn't take that long to start getting you know to the point where you can really use them quickly. And then if you put it into your just, what is it, weekly 30 minutes of writing a blog or an hour of writing a blog about what you know, it should make it easy enough to where you just go. You get it done, and then you can move on to business as usual. And then you've got a content strategy going for yourself. How awesome is that? 
you're winning, dude. So if you use any of these tools to create a piece of content, John and I would love to see it. We would love to see it because I yeah. like to see what people are doing. You can get a hold of both of us at digitalbyserenity.com. We've got John's phone number and our email addresses. We're both active on LinkedIn and uh, all the things. Yeah, and if, if one of these helps you, maybe you just design something really pretty in Canva or you – find a really wild prompt and chat GPT tells you to write something you didn't expect. We would love to hear about that. Um, yeah. Get a hold of us on the website. We will talk to you next week. It's the Serenity Digital Podcast. Peace of my marketing explained. Yeah. You feel good. Dude.